على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم respected honorable elders brothers in islam there is one desire that a believer should always have and that is to look at our predecessors their success their closeness to allah tbarak wa taala and follow their example sometime in the past we had spoken about the one very powerful dua that allah tbarak wa taala has taught us in surah al-fatiha ihdinas sirat al-mustaqim oh allah guide us on the straight path sirat al-ladina an'amta alayhim the path of those whom you have favored in line with this allah tbaraka wa taala had kept ahead of us in front of us the galaxy of the anbiya alayhim as-salatu was-salam and then of course rahmatan lil alamin atamal anbiya wal mursalin muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then we find the sahaba of our rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had set examples for us in different ways but today we would like to speak about a personality from amongst the tabi'in tabi'a is that person that had the good fortune of seeing the sahaba of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a state of iman and then of course leaving this world in a state of iman and this personality is uwais ibn amir al-qarani rahmatullah alayhi we look at this personality from the different aspects of his life and we draw lessons from him it has been narrated in his biography that he was a person that suffered from leprosy and he once lifted his hand and he made dua to allah tabaraka wa taala when he made dua that allah grants him shifa allah taala cures him of the illness he also made an exclusion that oh allah cure me but that amount on my body that is equivalent to a silver coin a dirham that should be there so that i always remember this great ni'mat of yours the ni'mat of shifa the ni'mat of your curing allah tabaraka wa taala accepted this dua of uwais rahimahumullah and allah tabaraka wa taala cured him except one portion the equivalence of that silver coin that was on his shoulder and when he would look at this he would remember this great ni'mat of shifa now friends the idea is to draw the lessons and what is the lesson that we learn from this is that in life we go through different difficulties there are different storms and calamities that a man traverses through in life allah tbaraka wa taala then blesses some with innumerable ni'mats but insan is insan often man forgets the difficulties he had gone through mahmud ghaznavi rahimahumullah was a great king and in his kingdom he had a person a courtier that was very close to him by the name of ayaz so when ayaz had come into his court ayaz was the equivalent of a pauper a person who had nothing and now allah taala blesses him with rank allah taala blesses him with status and this is in actual fact the sickness of the world today that there were those that spent years in prison and then allah taala blesses them with sovereignty with governance and they forget everything and they forget the people that they serve but ayaz was somewhat different in that aspect now ayaz would every night go into the treasure house he would spend some moments and he would come out when people reach certain stage stages certain state and they have position in front of king obviously we have the component of hasad and jealousy so people began to say to mahmud ghaznavi that ayaz is going into the treasure house and there is a possibility of embezzlement look into it so mahmud al ghaznavi called all those that had caused these aspersions on ayaz that all of you come at a particular time and lo and behold at that time 
Ayaz goes into the treasure house and very secretly they watch him. He takes off the clothes of royalty. He strips himself of it and he puts on old tattered clothes. And he has a mirror and he looks into that mirror and he says, Ayaz, this is where you have come from. When people had seen that and now they realize that this is a rehearsal that he does every night to remind himself where he had come from. And brothers, often we forget that very important component. We forget where we had come from. We forget the difficulties that we would have been in in life. And nonetheless, we find the same with Uwais al-Qarani, rahimahumullah, that he would look at this and he would make shukr to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala, you had relieved me and Allah, you cured me of leprosy. Once our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had mentioned to Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Now, Uwais al-Qarani is in Yemen. Our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is in Medina Munawwara. Neither did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam see Uwais al-Qarani. And Uwais al-Qarani had never met Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yet, at the same time, the times, the lives had coincided. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to Sayyidina Omar and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu that if perchance you meet this personality, Uwais al-Qarani, then request him for dua. Now how does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have this information if it was not from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala? Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes on to explain that Uwais al-Qarani is in the services attending to his mother who has become old. There's no other family members, she has become blind. As a matter of fact, there's one incident that is written in his biography that at one occasion, one night, there was no light. But because she was blind, she could feel her way very easily. Uwais al-Qarani couldn't do it. But despite the fact he had eyes, he could see, he had sight. But then he holds the hand of his blind mother and a blind woman then guides him through wherever he needed to go. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu that when you meet this man, then ask him for dua. Now again, the very important aspect is how does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam come to know about this? It is wahi from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. And many ulama are of the opinion that it was because of this quality that he had of looking after, caring for his mother, that Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala had raised his rank as Mustajabud Dawat. Now, these are two Sahaba, Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. They are Ashara Mubashara. They are those Sahaba that then took over the reins of Islam and they became Amirul Mu'mineen. But notwithstanding their ranks, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is advising them to take the dua of Uwais al-Qarani. Today again it is the same thing that we're looking for recognition, we're looking for position, we're looking for status, we're looking for people to praise us. But when a person pleases Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, he can be miles away. But Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala will elevate the ranks of that person. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala in his khilafat, he goes on from year to year going to the hujjaj and asking about the Yemeni people. And amongst the Yemeni people he would ask, in the narration it comes for 10 years, he continued to do this. Ask the Yemeni people to identify themselves by standing up. And then he will ask, who is from the place of Murad, the others may sit. And then you will ask from this place, who is from the current tribe? And then the people will sit. And there will be nobody from the tribe until 
in the last Hajj of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he carried out this exercise, one man remained standing. So he asked this man his name, he gave his name. He asked this person, do you know Owais ibn Amir al-Qarani? The person says to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, you are looking for a very insignificant person. You are the leader and the ruler of the faithful and you are looking for a person like Uwais ibn Amir al-Qarani, he is grazing the goats and herding the camels out in the pastures. This does not deter Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And again we learn that very important lesson. Like our Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam speaks about those individuals whose hair may be dishelved. They may appear as though they are non-entities. But in the eyes of Allah wa ta'ala, they have a lofty rank in the life of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah once walks the street and a beggar comes in front of him and by his normal natural habit, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah takes out what you would normally give a beggar, he gives this person. The person appreciates, he takes, he thanks. And as Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal walks away from this person, Allah Ta'ala inspires his heart. These were walis of Allah. They were bearers of what is, what is termed as ilham. Inspiration from Allah. True inspiration from Allah. And Allah said, Oh Ahmad, that person that you had just met and you gave a few coins is a wali from amongst my awliya. He is a friend from amongst my friends and a very close friend. Imam Ahmad himself was a great wali of Allah. And now he attempts to turn around and go behind this person probably and possibly to take his du'as, Allah Ta'ala again inspires his heart and says, Ahmad, give up the chase. Give up the chase. My system is that a person will have the opportunity only once to see the face of such an individual. Again, friends, we learn this lesson that many a times we undermine other Muslims, we will deride other Muslims, we speak ill and evil. And this ummah unfortunately has reached that stage that people who are in the services of deen are not spared from our tongue. Allah forgive us, but friend, the awliya of Allah will remain the awliya of Allah. In the hadith of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, the hadith say Qudsi narrated from Allah wa ta'ala that that person who declares war against my wali, Allah wa ta'ala declares war against that individual. Allah save our hands, our tongues, and Allah Ta'ala save our words from such individuals. Hence, nonetheless, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu proceeds with Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And they find this person performing salat under a tree. He seems to be so insignificant. He seems to be a person that is in a normal chores of life that he is carrying on. And as he performs his salat, these two sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam wait for him to complete his salat. On the completion of his salat, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu asked him his identity, are you Uwais ibn Amir al-Qarani? And he replied, yes. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, as per the advice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu asked him to make dua. So he looked at Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He had never seen this man before. He asked Umar, who are you? Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied, it doesn't matter who I am, but make dua. Then Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu divulges that this is Amirul Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab. And he has been advised by Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in my presence 
to seek dua from you. And hence, he makes dua for Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Now brothers and friends, we look at the underlining reason. The one reason was the services of his mother had led him to remain in Yemen to the extent that had he traveled to Medina and he would have seen the Mubarak face of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then that would have lifted him in ranks by far and he would have reached the ranks of a sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which because of his mother, he didn't undertake except on one occasion when he found that his mother was well and he requested from her, give me permission to undertake the journey to Medina so that I can meet the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The mother gives him that permission with an instruction that when you have fulfilled the need, your work is over in Medina, you come back immediately. Sayyidina always undertakes this journey to Medina, but Taqdeer has it such, when he comes to Medina Tayyibah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has left from Medina Munawwara and Nabi alayhi salatu wasallam is on an expedition. So Sayyidina Awais radiallahu ta'ala anhu again, Sayyidina Awais radiallahu ta'ala anhu remembers, when you have finished your work, go back. Now here the work has not been completed, the task has not been accomplished. I haven't seen this Mubarak face of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But on the other hand, the mother said, come back. So then he goes back to Yemen without seeing the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Brothers and friends, sometimes we think certain aspects of our lives are very insignificant. When we look at the ayat of the Quran, just in passing and very quickly, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا Allah Ta'ala's decree is simple, that you worship none but Allah, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And be kind to your parents is the, also the decree of Allah Ta'ala. أَنِشْكُرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْ You will find in the Quran, in many instances, like how Allah Ta'ala has coupled أَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةِ أَتِيُعُ اللَّهِ وَأَتِيُعُ الرَّسُولِ Like that Allah Ta'ala has coupled obedience to Allah and obedience to our parents. Just one aspect. وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْ وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا Do not even say أُفْ. What is this word أُفْ all about? On the one hand, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala would say, if there was a shorter word, it's a two-letter word in Arabic. If there was a shorter word, Allah Ta'ala would have used it. The great commentator of the Quran in Tafsir Kabir, Allama Fakhruddin Razi Rahimahumullah, has expressed and explained to this ummah what is that uf. He says that if there is some loose dust that comes onto your hand, and if you have to blow it, and you just, you don't even exert yourself, you just blow from your mouth, that is the expression of uf, that nothing will be tolerated in so far as one's parents are concerned. On the other hand, Allah Ta'ala teaches us the beautiful dua, Rabbi Rahamhuma kama rabbayani saghira. Oh Allah, have mercy upon them, like how they cherished, they nourished, they sustained us when we were young. The application of this in Adabul Mufrad, Imam Bukhari rahimahumullah speaks about Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu. On the one hand, once Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes in the company of our Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he is pretty disturbed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked Abu Huraira, what has happened to you? He responds and he says, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, up to now, my mother has not accepted Imam. This is my worry, this is my concern. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua. And on that dua, 
Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu leave from this Mubarak company and as he comes to his house, he hears the water flowing. From outside, he calls upon his mother and his mother from inside said, Oh Abu Huraira, wait a second, I have taken a bath. Take me to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that I can take the shahadat and accept this deen of Allah ta'ala. And then we find in Adabul Mufrad the narration, the Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu that whenever he would meet his mother, on meeting her, he would make salam. And after salam, he would invoke this dua to her. Oh my mother, may Allah have mercy upon you, like how you had grown me up when I was young. And then she would make dua for him. Oh my son, may Allah have mercy upon you, like how you take care of me when I am old. It works both ways. He gives her the dua. And she also returns the dua. So whilst we have expectations from our young ones and our children, like that, we also need to reciprocate that whatever they do for us, we should also appreciate and we should also exchange the dua and make dua for their well-being also. Nonetheless, Uwais Ibn Amir al-Qarani, rahimahumullah, had another very unique quality. Allah granted to us also. That he was a person that would spend his entire night in Tahajjud Salah. And his Tahajjud was somewhat different. I didn't come across anybody else, but it is narrated about him that he had such a great love for the different postures of Salah. One is to perform Salah. One is to have that love for Salah. And one is to have love for the different postures in Namaz. Today, if Imam Saab takes a second or more, if it is eight and a half minutes, we have a lot to say. But those were different individuals. He would stand in that salat sometimes the entire night and he'll spend the night in qiyam, making tilawat of Quran and then the ruku and sajda will be as normal in other salat. And there will be certain nights that he will make up his mind today, I am going to spend the night in extended ruku. And then he will spend much of his time in the ruku. And then there will be nights that he decides I'm going to spend an extended time in my sujood, in my sajda. And then he will perform his qirat, his qiyam, his ruku. And then he will go into sajda and he will spend much of the night in sajda. So one, we find that balance of hukukullah, the rights of Allah, and the balance of hukukul ibad that he saw and he fulfilled the rights of his mother. And then the last aspect of Uwais ibn Amir al-Qarani, Rahimahumullah was that before he retires to bed and before he starts his ibadah, he would search his house and whatever extra food he has, even if it be a slice of bread, he will take it out in search of those in need and he will pass it over to them. If there happens to be an extra garment in his house, he would take it away and pass it over to someone else and then he will stand with his hands raised and he would say, Ya Allah, do not hold me responsible for any individual that sleeps hungry too. Oh Allah, do not hold me responsible for any individual that is unclothed today. For I have given everything that I had and I have no more possessions that I could give to anyone else. So brothers and friends, Allah wa ta'ala has given us galaxies of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam as beautiful examples. Allah has given us the galaxy of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum as beautiful examples. Allah has given us the tabi'een, the awliya, the pious saints of Allah ta'ala 
as beautiful examples. Let us draw from their lives and let us bring it into our lives. Let us implement this in our lives. But the important aspect is that we need to balance ourselves between the hukukullah, the rights of Allah Ta'ala, and the rights of the slaves and servants of Allah. Allah Ta'ala speaks about and dedicated an entire surah that is known as Surah Araf. Araf is that point and that place where the decision of Jannah or Jahannam is not made for certain individuals. It is a platform that those individuals will wait. They will neither enter Jannah nor would they enter Jahannam. And then Allah will through His Rahmah make the decision of Jannah. But obviously that Jannah and the entry to Jannah is delayed. The Mufassireen have stated, the commentators of the Quran have stated, amongst them is one group of people that they emerged and they went out to fight in the path of Allah. Which used and been turned used and been turned. On the other hand, they had not sought the permission of their parents. So whilst they had done good, it keeps them away from Jahannam. Whilst there was a laxity in the Hukukul Ibad, it delays their entry into Jannah. May Allah wa ta'ala grant each and every one of us the tawfiq and the ability to practice and perfect our deen. And let us look at these stars that Allah Ta'ala has in front of us. And let us follow and emulate their lifestyle. May Allah Ta'ala grant shifa to all those who are ill and sick. Wherever the ummah is suffering at this time, in Morocco, in Libya, in other parts of the world, Allah Ta'ala alleviate the sufferings of the ummah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wa akhiru dawana alhamdulillahi rabbil